the 16th Psalm and the 11th verse. That's the first place we'll be, and you can turn in your Bibles with me as we go to every point that we make. We'll make five points tonight, and we'll make it from different places in the Bible every time we go there. The points we're going to make have to do with heaven. I'm going to to speak on heaven tonight. Uh, I was thinking about a series on heaven, but I don't think the timing for it is is the greatest right now uh, due to just other teachings that will go on. So we'll we'll have a series on it sometime later. And and though we're going to have a message on it tonight, I don't see where this one will interfere with some near future teachings that will be on that. You know, last time I had an opportunity to teach, uh, this the last Sunday morning I taught, we, we had a challenge to sanctified saints. And, and I made the statement that, you know, I, I'd rather preach on heaven, but, but God laid this challenge on my heart. And I've said that before, Pastor Stone said that before, other preachers have said that before, they'd rather preach on heaven. Well, well, the message was laid on my heart to talk about heaven tonight, and so um, I'm thankful uh, to be able to speak on this subject tonight. And, and, I, wouldn't, and I wouldn't recommend to other preachers to, to go developing a message around one statement that, that someone has said, but I did hear someone say one time, well, they're afraid heaven won't be very exciting. And so anyway, that's the point we're going to, to make on, on heaven tonight, but something that, that also comes into effect concerning this message is uh, going on an airplane ride for the second time in my life this past week. And those of you who have been on a plane several times, make fun of me if you want, if it's all cool and no big deal to you. But to me, it's, a, it's quite a big deal. And, and so I got on the plane, and I'm sitting there, and before we take off, I, I started getting pretty anxious. You know, if I can put a spiritual twist on that, my trust is in the Lord, not this big, gigantic, heavy machinery that's going to be suspended in the air. And so I'm thinking about it, and I'm getting concerned. And then I, then I stopped to think about how the Lord was with me right then and there while we were on the concrete, right in front of the, the launching pad, whatever you want to call it. And then I thought about how He was going to be with me. What did I say? Something silly? Something out of way? Out of character? All right. All right, but most important thing about that was that the Lord was with me, and that's right, He was. And once I got in the air, I thanked Him that He was going to be with me there also. Someone made a joke from the Great Commission one time that, where Jesus says, Lo, I will be with you always. Well, that's just a joke. That, that doesn't mean that He's only with us low on the ground. He's with us when we go in the air too. And so I thanked Him for that. And I thanked Him that if there was a problem with the airplane, and God forbid we go down, that I knew I was going to be with Him in heaven. And I kid you not, that helped. That helped me. That along with my battery-operated fan that I, I put in front of my face because I get a little flustered. And uh, 
So we took off and, and everything was good. But, you know, I'm thankful for... You can, you can laugh if you want, but I'm thankful for a good example I might, I might have had there. To, to trust in the Lord, to think, of, to think about heaven, for heaven to enter and to factor into the situation. And to think about the reality of heaven. And that's where I'm going. That's where everyone in Christ is going. And that helped. Unlike the, the poor woman in her thought of heaven, the word of rhyme says, Here lies a poor woman who always was tired, for she lived in a place where help wasn't hired. Her last words on earth were, Dear friends, I am going, where washing ain't done, nor sweeping, nor sewing. And everything there is exact to my wishes. For there they don't eat. There's no washing of dishes. Don't weep for me now. Weep for me never. I'm going to do nothing forever and ever. And, you know, that, that's... Uh, some people have the idea that we're not going to do anything in heaven. There, there's a thought that people will give that heaven is not exciting. That, that we're going to do nothing there. As if there's going to be a hard time finding something to occupy our time there. That there is some kind of boredom that would take place there. And that there is no excitement at all. You know, about ten years ago in this sanctuary, I preached on heaven. I hope that wasn't the last time I preached on it. But, but I know about ten years ago I did. And, and I made this statement. Some people treat heaven as more of a thought than an actual real place that we are going. And in an uneducated thought, people connect heaven with, with being boring. As I thought about this, let me just inter interject this thought that came into my mind while I was preparing, and that is, you know, some people don't want to go to heaven you kind of think that, when, that those who will be in torment and flames and uh, forever, that, that they would want to be in heaven. But, but you know, you, you think about the thousand-year reign of Jesus and no demonic influence on this earth, and there are people who will not want Jesus. He's going to be a perfect president. All wrongs are going to be made right. He's, he's, he's going to be perfect, and there are going to be people who do not want Him. And, and maybe there will be those who, who don't want to be in torment. They would rather heaven be some kind of uh, foul party or something. And, and they, don't, they don't want to be burning up forever. But, but there are those who, who do not want heaven and will not want heaven no matter what. And, and, and there people say that heaven lacks excitement. Let me tell you the truth about it. Heaven's going to be very exciting. It's going to be extremely exciting when we get there. And we don't know it all, but there are some things that we can know. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Five reasons why heaven is exciting. First of all, God is exciting. Look at the 16th Psalm there where I had you turn in the 11th verse. It says, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We are going to be with God when we go to heaven. 
His abode is in heaven. And we are going to be in heaven with Him. And God is exciting. I mean, you think about the Creator of this universe. The Creator of you and I, who, who loves us, who interacts with us in our heart. And he, there's an effectual change that takes place in our life from Him. He gives us assurance. There's a knowing of the Lord. There's a communication with Him. And, and He's our Father. We have a relationship with Him. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He knows everything. God is exciting. And heaven is going to be exciting. The idea that heaven will lack excitement, it, it, it's just ludicrous. It's ridiculous. You know, our desire for excitement comes from God. I mean, God, God is the one who gives pleasure. You know, there are good pleasures, and God gives those. The only reason why we can have joy is because of God. You know, we're pretty boring without God. If you think about it, we didn't create a good time. God created a good time. He gives us a good time. And, and He did all of this. He doesn't lack excitement. We do. And I believe it's because of Him. I know it's because of Him that we experience humor. And, and there's laughter. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. That, that comes from God. He has given us that. God is exciting. And therefore, because of God, because God is exciting, heaven will be exciting. But let me say this also tonight. We are exciting. Let me, let me, let me emphasize something about that. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. The reason why we are exciting is because Paul tells us here, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep... But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The end of Philippians chapter 3 verse 21 It says, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. How are heavens going to be exciting because we are exciting? How is that? We are going to be different. We are are going to be changed. When Jesus comes back to the clouds, we are going to be changed, and we're going to be changed just like that. We are going to be different in heaven. We're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We're going to hear Him. We're going to see Him. We are going to be like Him. We are going to be changed. You know, a radical change took place when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we were, no matter what you or I realized, we are, were no longer the same after that. A radical change took place in our lives. And we have seen the change that has continually taken, uh, taken place in our lives because of knowing Jesus, because He lives inside us. And another radical change is going to happen with us. And that is when Jesus comes back to the clouds. The way He has made us to be for all eternity. 
the believer in Jesus Christ is going to be changed in a moment. It's going to come quickly. God has promised that that's going to happen. You and I, write it down right now, let us know right now, that we are going to be changed. God promised it. I tell you what, people need to be careful making predictions of of things that they know nothing about. Because I tell you tonight, heaven is going to be very exciting. Because God is exciting. And I'm going to tell you tonight, we are exciting because of what God's going to do with us. We're going to be different. We're going to be changed. We do not fully understand it this side of eternity. I can't explain everything about this change that's going to take place. But you and I are going to be changed. God's going to make that change. So it's going to be good. It's going to be holy. It's going to glorify Him. It's going to be exciting when we are changed. Not only are we exciting, but others. When we go to heaven, others are going to be exciting. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22 says, But ye are come unto the Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. We are on our way to heaven. We're going to be in the heavenly Jerusalem. It's going to be filled with all the Old Testament saints. They're going to be there. Those, those we read of, those who are our favorites, those who we, we see in Hebrews chapter 11 in that list, those that, that we, we feel like we know because we've studied their life and we've preached on their life, those we don't know, those who are only mentioned in, in a crowd or whatever. They're, they're not mentioned by name. But we're, we're, those that we know by name in the Bible, those that we don't know, we're going to, we're going to be with them. Those who we are already in citizenship with now, spiritually speaking. We sit in heavenly places in Christ together with those who are here, who are in Christ, and those who are in heaven as well. We are going to join a wonderful group of witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. We're going to spend eternity with with children of God, we, we know in the church together right now in person, with Christians that, who are on this earth right now, who we are never going to meet, we, we haven't met, but we're going to be together with them in heaven one day. Not to mention being in the company of angels. That's going to take place in heaven. Look, we're going to spend eternity with God, a company of angels, all the Old Testament saints we've read about, all of those we haven't, the Christians we know, the Christians we don't know. We're all going to be in heaven. Heaven is going to be the most exciting place you can possibly imagine ever being. It's going to be exciting in heaven. And not only think about others being exciting in heaven, but how about our interaction with others. How about the perfect holy fellowship that we are going to have with others in heaven? You know, think about 
what happens here and think about the purity of it there. Think about the intentions of people in relations to one another. The, uh, the motives of people in relations to one another. The, the, the meaning, the hidden meanings of the, the reason for relations with one another here. And, and compare it to, to how it's going to be in heaven. You know, I, I don't want to get off on something, but I just, I just want to say something that's been a burden on my heart lately, and that is the strain that the COVID era put on communication and relation one with another. A lot of wise people talked about in the beginning how that was going to come, and I listened to it, and I see it now. Don't get me wrong, if, if someone works remote from home, you... You know, there's some benefits to that, and, and you like it. I'm not going to knock it. I have some dear loved ones, and, and that's the best thought they can have is to be able to work. They don't, but they wish they could work from home. And, you know, just go to the grocery store and park in a spot and let someone bring their groceries to them, and they don't have to talk to anybody at all, all week long, or communicate with it. just the guy who brings the groceries to the car. And, I, and I'm not dogging that either, because some people make these impulse buys in the grocery store. They said their bill's a lot cheaper when they pick it out online and they bring it to the car. But, but the strain on relations in people, it's, it's not, on earth it's not perfect, but it became even worse during that era. But one day, one day, this, this holy, perfect, divine fellowship, look, it's going to be pure, it's going to be transparent, it's going to be open, it's going to be honest, no one's going to have their guard up. We should be vulnerable with one another now to an extent as children of God, but there's going to be complete vulnerability with no risk, no, no, no possible hurt coming upon one another at all once we get to heaven. What an amazing what an amazing fellowship it is that's going to take place. You know, I, I spent the first 30 years of my life around lost people, un, unsaved people for 30 years. And then, then my wife asked me to go to church, and, and I felt like a good decision to make on that would be yes. And, and I went, and, and I fell into a crowd of Christians and they walked different, and they talked different, and they did different things. They did good things. They did pure things. They didn't do wrong things. We're not, we're not perfect, but, but it, was a, it was an amazing difference in my relations that took place when I got around Christians. After getting saved and getting around Christians, I've, I've never left them. I've never left that crowd for the world again. I'll go to the world and love them and tell them about Jesus, but I... I just haven't left the crowd of, of fellowship with the children of God. And as good as that transition has been from, from what happened in the first 30 years of my life to coming into fellowship with Christians, think about, think about how that's going to be in heaven. Think about what it's going to be like with others in heaven when we get there. It is going to be amazing. We can only imagine the excitement of being with others in heaven in the pure condition we're going to be in one day. You know, everything that divides people now, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be in heaven. Everything that, that, that we would say that, you know, everything that, 
that comes about from the flesh. Everything that's just part of a way of life and interaction now that's, that's fleshly. When we go to heaven and leave this earth behind, we're leaving all of that stuff behind as well. And it is going to be, uh, an, it's going to be an honest fellowship. And in the, in the greatest extent, it's going to be pure one day. I say we can only imagine the excitement. But then again, let me say, uh, you know, can we even imagine it? What it's going to be like? It's hard to imagine it because of the way of life here in the flesh right now. We get a glimpse of it. We get a glimpse of it. Thank God for the Holy Spirit living in our lives. And when we're led by the Holy Spirit, we, that, that's a down payment of heaven, if you will. We, we get a sense of the sweetness of heaven. But it's going to be glorious interaction in heaven with one another. How about those from generations past? How about those maybe we've We've read about, we've read about Christians. And, and there's some inspiring stories we've read about Christians from the 1800s. They were, before any of us were ever born, they were in heaven. You know, I, I have some common, my favorite commentaries are the oldest commentaries. Some people may say that'll keep you out of touch with, with this day and time. But I, I love, the older the commentary, the better. And the more I use it, the, the commentators writing about God and the truth and the things of God, but I can't help but think that I sense what their personality is like. And so when I'm reading a commentary that a, that a man of God wrote, I'm thinking, man, I, th- I think we would have got along. I think I'd have had good fellowship with them. I, I can't. There the, I wasn't even born when they went to heaven. But one day, we're all going to be together. How about those missionaries we've read about? Their, their hard struggles, but their relentlessness in the work of God and, and the beginning of their missionary ministry might have seemed like failure, but they stuck by the stuff and God used them that so many souls would be saved. We are going to be in fellowship with them one day. Those we've read about, those from the past, those that if we could just take a moment and consider some of these simple things, just simple things tonight about heaven. It will overwhelm us and it will excite us about our future and what is going to take place. I'm afraid, I'm afraid we don't stop and think about these realities as often as we should. It's very encouraging. It's very exciting. Our, our future is so very exciting, it's, it's unbelievable. It'll, it, it'll, it'll make you so excited, you'll sit in tears just thinking about some of these simple realities of what's coming for us. It seems like forever here for some. When we're going through trials, it seems like the, the worst thing in a moment. But, but, but may we set our affection on things above and not on things of this earth because something glorious is coming for every child of God and it is very exciting to say the least. God is exciting. We are exciting. We're going to be changed. Others are exciting. Serving the Lord. Serving the Lord right now is exciting. Serving the Lord in heaven is going to be exciting. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 15 says, Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Heaven being 
unexciting. <laughs> we are going to be serving the Lord non-stop. It is going to be continuous service to the Lord God Almighty in heaven. You know, we, we learn much from the book of Revelation concerning heaven. And we clearly learn here that we are going to be serving Him. And, you know, all kind of service takes place in heaven. In Revelation chapter 15 and verse 3, it let me get there and read it to you. It says, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. There's going to be some singing that's going to go on in heaven. We are going to sing to the Lord continuously. David had constant singers singing round the clock to the Lord, worshiping the Lord in song. That's what we are going to do in heaven. In Revelation chapter 19, and I believe it is verse 5, it says, A voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear Him, both great and small. Can you just think for just a second about the praise that's going to go on in heaven? We are going to praise our God in the fullness of His presence, in the fullness of joy. We are going to praise Him. We're going to praise Him nonstop. Notice in that verse I read, Revelation 19.5, I believe it is, it calls us servants. We're called servants there. We're the friend of God, but we're called specifically in that place servants. We're, does that not tell us we're going to be serving the Lord in heaven? We're called servants because we're going to serve Him. And we're going to serve Him nonstop. And we're never going to get tired of serving Him. You know, think about that thousand year reign when we serve the Lord and, and He's going to assign us different duties and we're going to have the privilege of this and we're going to serve Him for a thousand years during that time and we're going to serve Him for all eternity and we're never going to get tired of that service. We're just going to want to serve Him more and more and we're going to be able to serve Him more. We're going to be able to do things that, that we couldn't do here. There, there's some things that hinder us here and, and, and it's not wrong and God understands it but there's no, and there's going to be no hindrance of that there. There's nothing we're not going to have the ability to be able to do there that, that, that God wants us to do. And if God has us to create something in heaven uh, by His divine material, it's never going to perish. Think about any ministry that's going to take place. The uh, ministry's never going to dissolve in heaven. It's going to thrive and it's going to be forever and ever. We are going to serve the Lord all the time. And I'm telling you, it's exciting to serve the Lord here. How about when we get to heaven and we understand and we read here that we are going to serve Him nonstop? Granddaddy had a brother and they called him Cotton because all the siblings went out to pick Cotton. And after about an hour, they couldn't find the brother. Well, his name wasn't Cotton yet, but they couldn't find him. He was back on the porch eating watermelon. And, and all the siblings went back and said, Hey, where did you go? You know, we're, we've been out here for hours picking Cotton. Where would you go? And he said, I done picked all the Cotton I want to pick. In that first hour, he got tired of what he was doing. He was sick and tired of doing it. He, by the way, he never picked cotton again. And for the rest of his life, his nickname was Cotton. They didn't call him anything else but Cotton. We are never going to get tired 
of what we do for the Lord and serving. We're not going to get tired of it and we're not going to get tired. It's going to be exciting service to the Lord for all eternity. It's exciting to ponder that service to the Lord. What will it be like when we're assigned a divine, heavenly duty from God? The privilege of being able to serve Him in His presence for all eternity. We can't comprehend it all. I can't tell you what work we're going to be doing. You know, the Revelation also speaks of some work. And in chapter 22 and verse 6, it says, He said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent His angel to show unto, there it is again, His servants the things which much must shortly be done. I can't explain all the work that's going to go on in heaven and exactly what all we're going to do. But it is going to be, it is going to be something that we're never going to get tired of. It is going to be exciting. There will be service day and night in heaven and we're going to be excited to do it. Anybody ever get excited over, over a fulfillment, a measure of fulfillment that we have here? When we, we, we become fulfilled here in a sense, and, and we become content here. Jesus makes us content in a world that is very discontent. But, but think about that day. Romans eight twenty two and 23 says this on the thought of fulfillment being exciting. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they but ourselves also, which have the firstfruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. That longing and that desire that we have to be with the Lord. We learn here that the child of God has a hungering And that hungering, that longing, that moaning, it's going to be fulfilled when we get to heaven. It's going to be completed as if we we know within that, that even though Christ gives us some satisfaction now, there is going to be a final, complete fulfillment in our lives. And we will not be able to be more fulfilled. We won't. We won't desire there, in a sense, because desire will be completely fulfilled for all eternity. We're on earth a temporary amount of time. And and you might say we have an eternal shaped heart that only heaven can fulfill. And it's going to be fulfilled there. No, no disappointments whatsoever. Maybe, maybe some of you homeowners or maybe you, you sold one home and you bought another and you were excited about it, but you know what? There, there, there was something lacking. It, it, it gave a little disappointment in some way. It wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Maybe, maybe it was the new car. Maybe somebody's bought a new car a time or two. And there's the beginning excitement of that. But you know what? It wasn't all it was cracked up to be, was it? Or, or maybe leaving one job for another. Man, I, 
I left a job one time for another one. And in the difference, I made more money. I worked less hours. It wasn't as hard when I did. And I ended up hating that job and running back to my old job. I was so glad to take less money because, it, because that new job and the way it was presented to me, heaven on earth, it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. There was a lot of disappointment in that. And, and maybe you've experienced the same thing too. There will always be some disappointment with things here. There's a burden to everything here. There's a restlessness that rises up as long as we are here in these bodies. But, but may that help us to see that we need to set our affections on things above, not on things of this earth. People com- you know, the things I hear people complain about in this life who don't know the Lord, I'm, I'm, they won't understand it if I say it, so I usually don't say it to them. I say something else, but I'm thinking, what they want is heaven. <laughs> what they want is what God has prepared for us. Only the perfection of heaven will satisfy, and it's going to completely do so one day. One day, we will arrive in heaven, and we're going to be satisfied. And what we are satisfied with, it's going to be very exciting for all of us. And when we start to think about heaven, uh, until we get there, there, there are going to be itches that we just can't scratch. You know, we're not going to be able to scratch them until we get there. But one day, that itch is going to be scratched in heaven. It is going to be complete fulfillment. And the idea of complete fulfillment in our lives, hey, that is exciting. We all have that in common. That whether we realize it or not, that longing that we have for heaven, we all have that in common. And one day, joy is going to be completely full like never before. Our itch is going to be scratched. Our desire is always going to be a fulfilled desire. It's going to be right there. And that, that is very, very exciting And so I ask you as we close tonight, have you made sure with Jesus Christ that heaven is your home? Have you made sure of that? Because the Bible says we know. I cringe at the thought of people talking about the unknown in eternity. And there are a lot of things that are unknown, but I cringe at the thought of people who say we don't know. They say they don't know as if that's some kind of respect to God even. Well, we don't know what's going to happen, where we're going to go for eternity. Well, there are two places in eternity. There's heaven and there's hell. Hell is complete separation from Christ. It's complete separation from the God who loved us, created us, and gave His Son for us that we might trust Him. There's always the opportunity right now on this earth to know Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and to know that your home is in heaven. The Christian's citizenship is already there. 
and you know it. You know that's where you're going for all eternity when you know Jesus. Is there anyone here tonight who does not know that this glorious place is their home after their last breath and their last heartbeat? Because, because the truth about our God is that He's a God of assurance. When you accept His Son, Jesus Christ, you're going to stand before God and, and having Jesus Christ and His blood washing away your sins, there's no way that God's not going to accept you. You're, you're His child. Would you know Jesus Christ tonight? And would you know the peace of heaven being your home for all eternity? And as I say this and as we close, let me just say what we've, what we've tried to do all night, and that is just to say, Christian, look up. Look up and be encouraged about the exciting home that we have for all eternity. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we do bow before you tonight. We, we know that your abode is there. We know that you are there. We know that when we get there, Jesus is going to be there. And that's what's so wonderful about heaven. And, and I thank you for, for the peace and assurance that we know what you've gone to prepare for us for all eternity. And I thank you for an opportunity just to share tonight, not only that, that you're there, but... but the excitement of, of our lives, that how you're going to change us, and you're going to change us immediately, and we'll be that way for all eternity. We consider our fellowship with others, and how exciting it's going to be to be with all the saints of God one day, Lord. May, may we set our affections on things above and not on this earth like never before. I thank you for how encouraging it is that you have made known through your prophecy, you have made known through your promises that we are going to be with you and we're going to serve you for all eternity. I thank you for the excitement of the thought of that service, the excitement at the complete fulfillment that is going to take place. I thank you for this last glorious chapter and, and how great things are that are coming for your children. And we ask all of these things tonight in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.